Well, hello, hockey fans, and welcome along to the Bees Radio Network podcast, episode number 22. After a weekend of away days, it's good to be back alongside my esteemed colleague, Mark Dellen. Mark, how are we? I don't know. I prefer to as an esteemed colleague often. Hello, Graham. I'm very well. How are you? (laughs) I'm very good indeed. I'm, I'm wondering if actually... Uh, fans of our patrons of the podcast will go back and listen and the number of times i've introduced you as something and then you said well i've never been called that before <laughs> or i've never been called that that much often if you could um, go back to episode one and repeat the introduction i could say i've only been called that once before <laughs> do you know what i should do that for episode number 23 shouldn't i which is always a good one whenever i have to say the number three uh unfortunately three two one neither of them were the magic number for the TSI World Bracknell Bees this weekend. Uh, a couple of away days uh, and pretty much a a, a season tightener, I think is a, a phrase that no one has ever used to describe a game in the middle of a... Apologies to everybody. Mark is struggling with a cold at the moment as well. Um, Do you know what? I'd, I'd, I'd use the mute summer, button then so no winter. one would ever have known. <laughs> they would never have known, but you no. still haven't got that cough button. No, I have. I've just used it. Oh, You're no. the only person that heard that. <laughs> oh, behind the scenes there, we can we have a live line to each other. Yeah. Um, but yes, it was, uh, dare I say, also a little bit of a hiccup for the bees this weekend. See, I could get back on track. Uh, with a couple of defeats, uh, firstly against the Raiders in a tight game that I had to pay £20 to watch due to issues with the Raiders streaming service. Um, and it wasn't the best £20 I've ever spent in my life. It was quite a disappointing uh, £20 to spend, mainly due to the commentary, which suggested we got away with blue murder. Boys and girls watching, it was referee Brooks and referee Matthews. You know how the game's going to get called. You're going to have 10, 15 minutes where everything goes. Then they're going to clamp down on it slightly. That's how they do it. That's how they used to do it in the EPL. That's how they're going to do it in this league. So, oh, they got away with murder for the opening bit of the game, and then some penalties came up. Yes, that's how they call the game. But the Raiders rode through it, and the Raiders are the ones who take points, very vital points to extend their advantage in eighth place and leave the Bees down in ninth, uh, not where we want to be. But there is still those four games to come against the Raiders. So there's still, in the remainder of the season, a chance to take the season, uh, the, the season series, but also a chance to take the points as well that will turn it into a playoff spot. Um, there were positives, there were negatives, um, and I think. The guys themselves were disappointed in the showing that they put in on Saturday night, and I think that showed in the performance on Sunday against Hull. I think for 45, 50 minutes, the guys competed with those Pirates, incredibly road waves at times against that Pirates team, but at other times really turned it on offensively, um, really made great transitional plays, made smart plays defensively. I think Danny Milton had a strong enough weekend um, from what you would expect from Danny Certainly grew in confidence as the weekend grew on. There were some nice finishes that saw goals go past him, um, but there were also individual errors that accounted for it as well. So, yeah, it's a a nil-point weekend. It's frustrating, obviously, at this stage of the season. Bodies will be coming back this weekend with Joss Eady Newman returning on the game on Sunday. Hopefully Joe Baird's going to be on his way back. Adam Goss might be fit enough again to go this weekend. It's all about what you've got to do right now is just get over the hump. They've just got to turn around and go, you know what? Those results have been and gone. It's time to focus on the running and it's time to focus on putting points on the board. Well, do you know what? 
I obviously didn't see Saturday's game because we'd spoken in the day and I know you bought a stream early on. Uh, and then you said to me, oh, I haven't got my code yet. So I thought, oh, do you know what? I'll wait. I'll wait. Uh, and then obviously you bought one just before, uh, just after face off. And then you messaged me and you said, I still haven't got my code. And thankfully for you, you got trapped in, didn't you? You got locked into Twitter to watch it. But I was thinking, well, you know what? If Graham's not got a code, I'm not buying one. So I didn't see either of the games this weekend because I thought I'm not just throwing £10 away as a donation. Um, you know, I'll follow it on Twitter, which is what I did. And I guess Saturday is kind of frustrating because we did at one stage have a lead. And that must be the most frustrating part from the weekend. In Hull, we didn't have the lead. On Saturday, in what was arguably of the two, the must-win games, we had a lead that we then managed to lose. So that's quite frustrating, I think. But as you say, um, you know, there are a few, let's be honest, there are a few desolate fans as well, something we're going to come on to as well that was announced yesterday, the departure of Callie Robertson. There are a few fans that are desolate, saying, well, that's it, the season's over, the season is over. No, it's not. It's not over yet. There are still plenty of games to go. The season doesn't end for another uh, couple of months or so. So there are plenty of games to go. Crucially, enough of them left with the Raiders to overturn the difference between uh, ninth and eighth and swap those places. But the the issue is the games in between the ones with the Raiders, because if the Raiders keep winning them and we don't keep winning ours, that gap gets bigger and bigger. And then those four games may not be enough. So Yes, a frustrating weekend. And as you say, it's time now to put that behind us. There'll hopefully be bodies back this weekend. And in any sport, I mean, you've played sport, I've played sport, neither of us have played ice hockey. But if you have a bad day in sport, you have to process it in your mind after the game. And then you have to think, right, what can I do? Where did I go wrong? What can I do better? And then you put it out of your mind. You go fresh the next game, whether that's the next day, the next week, whenever you go into it fresh. And I think that's very important for the bees here after what would be a disappointing weekend is that they process what happened. They learn from what happened and then they use the week to train as usual, but also to clear their minds. So on Saturday, when they skate out in Swindon, they skate out with fresh, clear minds and the objectives of we can win this game. And again, on Sunday as well, when the bison come to the hive, you have to have a clear mind. So if you, if there's a win on Saturday, use that to motivate you to make it your first four-point weekend of the season. If things don't go well on Saturday, as I say, process it, learn from it, clear the mind, go fresh again on Sunday. Yep, and I think that I think that's pretty much all that the guys can do is begin to focus on next weekend as we will continue to do so. Uh, very soon we'll come on to the news regarding the bees uh, in a very short while but I think it's very fair that very quickly we just uh, obviously uh, uh, pass on uh, our support following uh, Zach Sullivan's news and obviously Zach uh, worked alongside both of us at previous clubs both at Slough and at Basingstoke um, and sometimes things are bigger than the sport and the games that uh, came out obviously it was the IHL Pride weekend the bees themselves changed their logo because we didn't have a home game so we changed the logo that we used there were stickers on the helmets for the, the players and such like. And then on Sunday, Zach made his announce, announcement coming out as a bisexual, um, which was uh, just great for him that he felt comfortable that he could do it. Uh, I know reading further on um, from his own words about how he went around the process with, 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 the, with the storm, nearly called them the Phoenix there, but with the storm uh, and also how 
he continued to, to roll on for there with his teammates and such like as well. They're really great for Zach. And as I say, sometimes these things are just bigger than the sport itself. And for Zach, and I've had friends reach out from the media industry who don't really pay much attention to ice hockey, maybe only do it in passing if there's a, a big tussle or, or whatever. Uh, I've had quite a lot of people reach out to talk about Zach Sullivan and go, isn't it amazing um, for Zach to have felt comfortable enough to have done so? And for his sake as well, obviously um, a, a really, a really great thing for him. I'm sure, I'm sure um, he, he's been in a lot of uh, reflection. He's been on a lot of local media passing on the story, which, uh, and as he says, if, 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 if what he is does helps one other person, then I think that makes it all the worthwhile. I think in 2020, I think it's an horrendous shame that people are still scared because Zach is what Zach is. And the fact that Zach had to come out and make an announcement, I think, is a little bit sad because we're all human beings. We're all individuals and we're all made up slightly differently. The fact that, you know, still in 2020, you have to come out and make a huge announcement, I think is quite sad in itself because we should just accept Zach for Zach. You know, I know him. You know him. He's a great lad, you know, and good luck to him. Um, I won't take away from what he's done by any stretch of the imagination because it is brave. He is the first professional ice hockey player to come out as bisexual, and that is brave. And the sad thing is, I am quite sure that there are still some people who will get into him for this, where, as I say, he's no different to you or I, you know. He's a lad playing a sport that he loves and he's no different to you or I. And if there are people that are going to rib him, tease him, criticize him, whatever, for what he's done, then those are the people that are at fault and those are the people that don't really belong in the in the hockey community, if I'm honest. So, yeah, Zach, good luck to you. Yeah, as the hashtag says, hockey is for everyone. Uh, and I think we we all, everyone associated with the club, pass on their support to Zach. Um there's no easy segue into the next bit, um, but obviously there has been a departure from the Bees. Uh, it's kept some of our episodes going this year on the Bees Radio Network podcast, it has to be said. Um, but uh, Callie Robertson has departed the club um, and obviously goes with all of our best wishes and best hopes. Um, he is a bright young talent who played a big part in the GB Under-20 team, put up some points during his time here in Bracknell as well uh, and continued his young development after being released by Milton Keynes. Um, uh, Callie has been given an opportunity to play for a club a little closer to home. It must be incredibly hard for a for a young kid to be that far away from family, from friends, from uh, your support networks. Um, uh, and as much as I'm sure the guys have reached out to him, and as much I'm sure the guys have supported him um, living down here, it, it's got to be hard for him. And I, I think the opportunity that is is going to come available for him is a good one. It's an opportunity to be closer to home and his support network. Uh, and yeah, I think for, he goes with our best wishes. Uh, obviously not <laughs> fully our best wishes because we still got one game to play against the team he's going to. Uh, but uh, he, he he goes with our best wishes. And uh, I, he is a good talent. He's a great talent. Uh, he's, got the, he's got the potential in what he can do on the ice to become a decent player. Um and I just hope it all works out for him. I think, you know, he came in here, didn't he, as a a big talent. And he's proven that that was the right assessment of him. And if I'm honest, I'm just a little bit sorry for him that the opportunity, I guess, has come at the wrong time. Because he's only a very young man still. 
And as you say, he's upped and left his support network. He's upped and left his friends. He's upped and left his family. And he struggled with that. And it would have been very wrong of us, I think, to stand in his way and say, well, no, you signed here. See out the season. Would have been very wrong. And in that respect, you know, fair play to Doug for, you know, like helping him to come to terms with the fact that he's struggling, helping him to continue his career. But I think, you know, maybe if the opportunity had come for him here in Bracknell in three or four years' time when he's a little bit older, uh, then maybe it would have worked out better for him. But, you know, let's not stand in the way of his future development because there is so much talent there. And I think Doug has harnessed it well while he's been here with us. And let's hope when he moves on, uh, and obviously that'll be announced in the next day or two anyway, but uh, I'm not going to do a Dave Sims and announce who it is. <laughs> but let's hope, though, that when he does get to his new club and he gets announced that he carries on his development and he fulfills the potential that he has shown for us and indeed for the GB under-20s as well, because he is an exciting young talent. And I think it's just that youth that's probably the youth, the homesickness, has probably, you know, and we've seen it before. It's not the first time it's ever happened. We've seen it before in other sports and indeed in ice hockey as well. We've seen, um, I certainly know of uh, an import player in Slough who uh, who came and lasted, I think, probably about two months before they became horrendously homesick. Um, and obviously we agreed with their release there as well. So, you know, Doug's done the right thing. He's uh, He's you know, try to help Callie to settle in. So of the players, they've all stepped forward and tried to help him. But, you know, Callie's just struggling a little bit with that homesickness. So Doug has helped him to move on to continue his career. So all the best to him, except, of course, against us. Yeah, indeed. And and obviously it's a whole and we are running a clock now on the transfer deadline. It's counting down. Is a player going to come in? Maybe, maybe not. You've seen stranger things. If a player doesn't come in, it's going to be on all these guys to continue stepping up in his absence now. Um, and they're all, they, it, it, maybe it could work out to be a good thing that you remove a player from the squad and you lose the player from the squad. And maybe you're going to see the other players galvanized to be like, you know what? That spot that Callie was getting, I want to take that spot. I'm going to grab it by the scuff of the neck. I want to throw back to something you said a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Zach and Callie returning after their GB duty. And I said, you know, they'll slot back in nicely. You pulled me up and said, well, will they? Because there is a young man who did fit in very nicely by the name of Josh Ely Newman. Um, he did a fantastic job filling in for Cali while he was away with the GB under 20s. And this is an opportunity for Josh to say, look, I want a more senior role in this team. You know, it's not like he's been pushed to the sidelines by any stretch of the imagination. He's played an active part since he's come up. But now there is that spot that Cali occupied that's up for grabs. And there'll be a few players thinking, I want that spot. Josh did it admirably while Cali and Zach were both away. This is perhaps an opportunity for him to put his hand up and say, look, Doug, I want consideration for this more senior role. And I'll prove to you I can do it. Yeah, and it, it certainly, obviously, he'll be sitting out the game on... Saturday against the Wildcats as he serves the remainder of that suspension following the uh, obscene gestures and totting up a penalty points that took him over the threshold that meant he had to serve a four-game suspension. So Standard one, on isn't it? Four games. Four, four games. The IHA new regulation is four games. At least it's not like the old day where you appeal it and it just goes down to two. Um, oh, 
bit of a catty comment from me there. From well, the everything's four games now, though, isn't it? You know, obscene gestures, four games. Slew footing, four games. Hitting a yep. player with a helmet, four games. Just just four games. Everything is four games. Do you, you know what's happened, don't you, is the stamps have come in from the supplier and they only got the number four stamp, so that's They'll all they can do. They'll be one of those flowcharts, won't there? Four, and then maybe a red pen yeah. cross out with a two next to it. It's, There's probably, it's probably a flowchart, isn't there? Does the player deserve <laughs> a suspension? Yes, no. If you get down to yes, it just goes down to an arrow. Four games. Four games. <laughs> that's it. That's the EIHA discipline uh, flowchart, I think. <laughs> A real insight into the minds of the EIH. Um, but yeah, so obviously you'll miss the game against Swindon on Saturday. Last time we went to Swindon, uh, it was a one-goal game there as well. It was a very tight encounter where we were competitive throughout most of the game. We seem to have a good run against Swindon. Um, and maybe the bounces will go our way this week and maybe we'll shut down the known attacking potent threats that they have across their lines. Who knows? Like It really is one of those things. And okay. The next night, we play a Basingstoke team who will still be crowing following that victory, uh, the other the 8-2 victory the other week in their building. But it's a different place when you come to the Hive. They'll, they'll bring their fans with them. They'll be loud. They'll be noisy. They'll be cocksure about it all. And sometimes that's when a team can just get knocked off their perch a little bit because they might come in and go, well, we did them over 8-2 last time we played them. This is going to be a doddle. And sometimes that's when it just can go a little bit wrong mentally and We've had it when we've gone into Leeds this season and, and, and laid a bit of an egg there in that game where maybe we underestimated Leeds a little bit. Maybe Basingstoke will do the same here and maybe it'll be a chance to, you know, record a victory against our rivals on home ice. Well, you know, the Bison are a bit of a, a thorn in the side, aren't they, for the Bees? Because they have had the upper hand so far since the move of Doug Shepherd. They've had the upper hand. And unfortunately, they are the team so far that have embarrassed us twice this season. But let's not forget, after they embarrassed us at the Hive earlier on, which was very much against the run of form at the time, we went to Basingstoke and we came out and we hit them hard and they found they had no way back from it. Dan Weller-Evans was riding the crest of a wave as the starting goaltender chasing the game after the first 12 minutes. And Alex Metham, former B, is now back in net for the Bison. But you know what? Yes, the Bison enjoyed a good win a couple of weeks back in their barn. It's a different game now. And there will be a stronger lineup out on the ice as well, hopefully for the Bees this weekend as well. And as you say, confidence is a huge thing in any sport. And if the Bison come in just a little overconfident, then that could be what catches them out. Because this B's roster, although it's not in the table position by any stretch of the imagination we want it to be in, this B's roster could easily go and beat Telford, beat Swindon, or indeed Basingstoke. So I think that, you know, this is going to be a great game. And if you've not been to the high for a little while, I think this Sunday is the time to get your tickets, get down there, and just... Perch yourself on the edge of the seat because I imagine Sunday is going to be an absolute thriller as the Bees will want to fight back. They're not going to go after a statement like, you know, run and gun 10-0 win. But what they are going to do is they're going to say, look, hold on, you know, like you did rub our noses in it a little bit. We just want to make sure that we get the points this time. So for the Bees, it'll be a concentrated effort and we'll just wait to see how Ashley Tate prepares the Bison for this game, whether they do come in slightly overconfident because that could harm them in the end. Indeed. So um, we're going to wrap this one up a little early. It's always hard when we haven't got a uh, 
when we, we haven't been at well, I've been at the games. Mark hasn't, so as a result, it's it's been a didn't even it, see the stream. Yeah, it's it's a sprint. It's a sprint, not a marathon. This week, for once, for all our fans. Just so, one thing I will say, and I don't mean to be picky here. Um, obviously, we explained on the very first podcast why it is that we wouldn't do uh, a video stream of the game. We are well aware that the Wi-Fi at the Hive would not support a high-quality, high-definition stream without constant dropouts, and that's not something we're prepared to do. But I think also, following on from last weekend, I mean, you paid for two streams and got to watch one but got your whole phone locked down by it. Following your experience and what you'd reported to me, I thought, well, I'm not going to bother. And that is one good reason, I think, where we are right to provide a radio coverage because it is, I'm not saying the coverage is perfect, but what I'm saying is the quality of it is perfect because it doesn't drop out. And that's, you know, we're proud of that. And also it's free as well. So anybody that cannot get to the Hive on Sunday uh, whether you're a Bees fan, whether you are a Bison fan, whether you're just a fan of hockey, you're free to uh, have a listen on Sunday to our commentary. Uh, and it will be our pleasure to have you along. It will very much be our pleasure. So, Mark, how can fans stay up to date with all the latest from the TSI World Bracknell Bees? If they would like to check our website, that is bracknellbees.com. If you'd like to follow on the social media, you can go to on uh, goat. You can go on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Facebook and Twitter. RB's Ice Hockey and Instagram is The Bracknell Bees. Marvellous start, Mark. Hopefully your cold nicely recovers and we're going to be all good to go again this coming weekend. All right, if the worst comes to the worst, I'll croak my way through it, I'm sure. But no, <laughs> I'm looking forward to this weekend. Should be a great game. Hey, do you know what we should have done today? We really should have done this without hesitation, repetition or deviation. We really should have done, shouldn't we? <laughs> yes. And it was quite interesting, your Twitter account instantly. Nicholas Parsons, you go, and it's time to go to Norwich for the quiz of the week. And I really just bungled that line there as well. That's your Nicholas Parsons, Matt. I'm a just a minute man. So, well, a sad yeah. loss, I think, Nicholas Parsons. A very great talent as well. I mean, nothing ice hockey related, but as a broadcaster, <laughs> um, you know, an absolutely great talent and a sad loss as well. Um, 96 is a fair old age, but, you know. Um, so it's a cracking innings, and if if, if you uh, um, if you, if you want to learn more about Nicholas, uh, there's a great interview he did on Richard Herring's uh, Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Uh, I think it's episode number two hundred and eighteen. I had to re-listen to it today, and it's just a fantastic insight into a guy who's ninety five years old and has definitely got a much sharper memory than I have at my age. I uh, was and- <laughs> listening earlier today, uh, Tuesday. We're recording this, obviously when. Nicholas Parsons' desk was announced. I was listening earlier today to Jeremy Vine, who said that he met him a couple of years ago. And he said, um, he said he wasn't in great health. He like, just was recovering from uh, an illness. He was in a wheelchair. He said, but Jeremy Vine and he had a conversation, he said, and he was sharp as anything at the age of 94. Well, isn't it? I can't yeah. even be sharp as anything at the age of 32. So um, anyway. I don't think I've ever been sharp. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Pat Sharp. Did you once have a mullet or is that? Well, he's got all the hits. Yeah, we're going down a very strange tangent here. So I think we better leave Thank it. Thank you for, for listening, yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Thank you for all your support as ever for all of you on Patreon. We really do appreciate you guys who are giving out a little bit more to help support us. But from all of us, until next week, or if we'll see you on the stream on Sunday, it's goodbye. <laughs>